You see dudes like smashing big two liter drums of full fat milk and pizzas. I'm bulking, bro. She just wanted to be friends because I was fat. You can very often put your business ahead of yourself at the expense of your health and your social life and all these other things. If you're unfuckable because you're that much overweight, I mean, good luck. The skinny, underweight, drinking too much, partying too much, um, not treating myself well. Robbie couldn't eat Mexican food every single night when he wanted to lose 50 pounds. So there was some level of sacrifice. You did an incredible job. Did you do that on your own? Welcome to the Inner Confidence Podcast, where we bring you men's dating and lifestyle advice that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Robbie Kramer, a former collegiate golfer turned poker pro turned finance guy who became obsessed with learning about male-female attraction and dynamics and passionate about teaching men how to improve and optimize their love life. Tune in each week and we'll bring you the latest and greatest strategies on how to get more dates, how to build a thriving social circle that brings the best men and women into your life, how to become a better networker, and how to design a lifestyle that makes all your budget jealous. If you're new to the show, I recommend you download my first date protocol. It's the best piece of content I have. It'll help you optimize your first date and subsequent dates. And I like to connect with my listeners personally. So if you want to grab a copy of that, please send me a direct message on Instagram. I'm at Robbie underscore Kramer. Now let's dive into this week's content. Yo guys, welcome back. Summer is coming or for some of you, summer is already here. Uh, I'm in LA. I thought I was going to go to a nice climate when I, you know, escaped Ukraine from both the winter and the war, but it's been raining cats and dogs and snowing here. So whatever, fuck my life. Um, we've got an amazing guest today. That's Owen Dobbin. Owen, welcome to the show. Robbie, thank you so much for having me, dude. It's uh, a pleasure. Yeah, man. And he, you are a fitness expert. You also recently joined our IC community, which I'm super stoked to have you uh, both as as a member and an amazing contributor um, to help us uh, fatties hopefully get in shape, and I include myself in the the fatty definition. I have a, a little bit of weight to lose, so I'm really excited to have you on the show today to talk about like what guys can do to prepare for summer, how we can get in peak physical fitness, um, and just how we can kind of just feel better. Um, you know apply accountability to this area of our life, which is so important to give a quick background on my fitness journey and how it ties into dating. Cause I know some of the guys who watch this are gonna be like, Oh, I'm good for fitness. I don't need to blah, 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 Right. Like, no, listen, cause I think this plays a major role for me. It was a huge inner game thing. Um, I was kind of like the chubby kid in middle school and I remember I asked my, the, the, I asked a girl out in seventh grade and she said, I, well, I didn't even have the balls to ask her out. I asked her out via a friend and the reaction I got through the friend was, you know, she just wants to be friends. And I made up a big story that she just wanted to be friends because I was fat. And looking back, that probably wasn't true because of other factors, but that's still the story I made up and I held on to that story. So I didn't ask another girl out until the end of my junior year of high school. So there was like a seventh grade till like 11th grade, like a four year period where I was just terrified of showing any sort of attraction or interest in a girl. And then those inner game issues, you know, lasted well through even when I started to get into dating and pick up and you know, I became a coach for another pickup company, you know, when I was about 24, 25 years old called Pickup 101. And it was finally by the time I was like 28 or 29, 
I was doing this stuff and I was, you know, I was improving, I was getting dates, but I still wasn't getting the, the sort of quality of the women that I really wanted. And it wasn't until I kind of worked on my huge inner game issue, which was around weight loss and was around how I looked and how I felt about how I looked that really things started to change for me. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you are in peak physical fitness and you've got a six pack and you feel great about yourself, then, Hey, maybe there's not a ton of value here, but we'll see. I mean, but if, if you're anything but that, which is like 99.9% of the population, I think we're in for a treat. So anyways, Owen, oh, introduce yourself. Tell us, uh, tell us a, a brief background and how you get in, how'd you get into your sort of journey of becoming a, a fitness expert and a coach and you've got a community kind of similar to mine as far as I know. For sure, Robbie. Yeah. Um, so much good stuff that you touched on there as well, which I'm sure we'll touch on further into the podcast, but to give you the, the elevator pitch. Yeah. My name is Owen Dobbin. Funny enough, actually, my full name is Owen Dobbin Cattle. And I had a funny little story that I told myself as well when I was younger that Cattle wasn't a cool name. So I recently only started using my full name in the last few years. So just to jump on your point of little stories that we tell ourselves, that was a strange, funny one that I had told myself for, for years. I'm 28 years old. I'm Irish. And like you said, I'm an online health and fitness coach. I have a community similar to yours. I'm predominantly helping young adults around the world. Um, most of them are Irish people, but they are around the world to improve their physiques, their routines, um, their energy to look and feel and perform at their best, but not at the expense of social life and the other stuff that they like to do. I also work with a handful of higher earners and entrepreneurs, which is like my kind of passion um, project, just building routines and optimizing energy levels and getting them in peak physical shape so that they can scale their careers and businesses and essentially earn more money, but also take back some time for themselves and their health and their fitness and live a more balanced life because I'm, I'm sure you can resonate as an entrepreneur. It can be difficult to put yourself ahead of your business and you can very often put your business ahead of yourself at the expense of your health and your social life and all these other things. Um, although I don't think you struggle with, with social life, um, but in terms of health, it's, it's, it's definitely an easy one. So similar to what you do, like you mentioned, my kind of education and implementation is delivered via accountability, the community element, um, and support, you know, essentially giving people what they want. And my background was similar to yours in a way it was seeking more confidence. But for me, I was like, the skinny, underweight, drinking too much, partying too much, um, not treating myself well for, you know, I'd say the vast majority, actually all of my teenage years and uh, my early 20s. And then just realizing that, okay, I want to make something of myself. I want to get in shape. Then I got in shape and I was like, oh, I can, I can get myself in shape. Okay, maybe I can make a business out of this. Maybe I can now try and scale that business and move online. And yeah, the first the first domino was was getting in shape, and it paved the way for for the rest of the dominoes. And yeah, here we are catching up. Yeah, you know, I think getting in shape is one of the most important sort of life hurdles a young man probably should take on first, right? Because it's really hard to start a business and grow a business. It's not that easy to build a social circle and have an amazing dating life, right? All these, all these things like 
there's many variables involved, but in terms of getting in peak physical fitness, it's really just you, right? And it's all about being industrious, which means working really hard, I think, unless I butchered that definition, but like what requires someone to get in shape is really fucking hard work because your diet has to be solid and you've got to exercise, right? And there's no one who's, who's stopping you from doing that, right? Like even if you have no gym, no money, you can do that in your own living room, right? Like, <laughs> uh, and, and you see that actually at prison a lot. Like, you know, like guys <laughs> go to prison. The first thing they do is like, well, what else can I do? I'm going to get fucking jacked, right? Maybe because they would need to protect themselves or <laughs> whatever. But like, if you can master your own body, that is such a platform to then use and say, okay, I've mastered this part, which, which is a lot of inner game stuff, right? Cause to like, to master your body requires all of these things to happen, um, that stop you from being lazy, stop you from not having a plan, stop you from not being able to move forward. And then you can take those learnings and you can apply them to other areas that are more complicated. Right. So, and I feel like if you look like a total fat schlub, no one's going to respect you or take you seriously when it comes to business stuff. Um, I mean, you, you can kind of fake the funk there and there's many successful, really overweight people, but it's certainly a handicap, right? And when it comes to dating, if you're unfuckable because you're that much overweight, I mean, good luck. You could learn every funny, you know, sort of tactic and strategy to meet women. And there's really not going to matter if, if they're repulsed by your, uh, by your look. So that was, you know, I, I kind of put the cart before the horse by trying to learn dating and pick up before learning how to get myself in shape. And I, I wasted, I think four or five years doing that. I think if I would have just started with like, all right, let's, let's lose the weight. And I had about 50 pounds to lose. You know, when I got into pickup, I was, you know, working in an office in San Diego, gained a bunch of weight just from that. Uh, cause I wasn't walking and golfing every day, like when I was in university and then, you know, basically my life was just like, you know, go out to bars, try to pick up girls, go to work, eat late night Mexican food. And I just got fatter and fatter. I, I gained weight like very quickly with that routine. Um, and then I read all the bullshit online, like, Oh, it doesn't matter how you look, you can, you can do well. And like, sure I got laid, but it certainly wasn't nearly to the level that I could have. Plus so I had all those inner game issues. So what, um, I think a good place to start, um, is the fact, like I said earlier, summer is coming. And I think a lot of guys have noticed that dating apps are becoming less popular, right? Like in the winter, there's a lot more girls on the, on the dating apps. It's a lot easier to go on dates. Like the only thing to do in New York city during the winter is like go on dates. That's why it's like the, a great place to improve your social skills and your dating life. But in the summer, people start hanging out with their friends. They go to pool parties. It's like, it becomes very social. So day game becomes a much better strategy when People are actually out walking around. And if you're not, if you're just like trying to, you know, fake the funk and do the online thing, you've, you've drastically seen a, a lowering of leads. I think, um, you're a single guy. Maybe you can speak to that. Have you, have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, I, I've given up on the dating apps because it's just not, like you said, they're, they're kind of going out of fashion and let's be real. Like, if you've got a six pack and you can put some topless photos on your Tinder profile, like you're going to get matches, you're going to meet girls, but it's not necessarily 
it's not necessarily the people who you want to connect with. And right. I think like to your point there as well, I think that it goes beyond just the six pack, right? Because that's obviously what people see. But it's also like the character traits that you develop if you get yourself in shape because it does take hard work and it takes you showing up in the days that you don't feel like it. And it takes that consistency and it does take you like sacrificing certain things. Like Robbie couldn't eat Mexican food every single night when he wanted to lose 50 pounds. So there was some level of sacrifice. And I think it's it's those character traits and the skill set that you require or acquire from going through that kind of transformation that you can just then plug into building a business or plug into almost anything else in life. You know, like those are really, really good traits and skills to have. And I think then obviously, yeah, with the, with the rise of like online dating and through COVID and that kind of stuff, it was like the guys with the six pack were cleaning up, but I do feel that that is now dying out. And I do feel that, yeah, if you're going to be at the pool party, like you're going to be in competition with the other guys who are at the pool party. And, you know, if there's half of the guys who are in great shape and half of the guys who are not, it's not to say that you can't do well as the guy who's out of shape, but you're stacking the deck against you, you know? So I definitely oh, I think avoided, I avoided pool parties like the plague. I remember when I lost weight, I'll show you my before and after. This is from 2011. But I was, the first thing I did after I lost weight was I went to Vegas and I went to a Vegas pool party. Um <laughs> Been to one yeah, of those. And, um, <laughs> what's that? I've been to one of those too back in the day. Yeah, because like, so you can you see this? Yes, man. I've actually yeah, I've seen this transformation before. By the way, I don't think I've ever congratulated you on it, but you did an incredible job. Did you do that on your own? No, I did not. Thank you, by the way. Um, and I wish I was in this good of shape now. I mean, I'm almost in this good of shape. I probably weigh, I think here I'm 75 kilos. Uh, now I'm 80. And after living in Europe so long, I'm, I've, I've converted my, <laughs> to the metric system, but like 180 pounds, I think here I'm like 175 and I'm five foot 10 or 178 centimeters. Um, but yeah, do you think it would be, do you think it'd be useful for me to kind of share what allowed me to get there? For sure. Am, am I right in thinking there was a bet involved? There was a bet involved. And that's the only thing that worked for me because I had tried every diet, tried the Atkins diet, low carb, like, you know, like you name it, I'd try it. And I would do what everyone kind of did, which was I'd get excited for the first few days. It would feel like this fun new thing. And then, you know, around the two week mark, it started feeling really hard. And then I would typically kind of be totally off the diet by like the end of the month and probably gained a few pounds in the process. So my trend, you know, from age when I started, when I started really trying to lose weight, which is around probably the age of like, you know, towards the end of college, um, my trend was upwards to the tune of like 50 or 60 pounds. Um, cause I was normal in college. Like I, I wasn't as skinny as I, as I was in the, in the ending in the after photo. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't as fat as the fat fuck that you saw. That was slow weight gain from trying and failing at diets. And the only thing that worked for me was, um, I had a buddy and he was like, dude, we're both fat. 
I'm going to go on this crazy weight loss bet, which was also a poker bet. He was like a professional poker player and he did a prop bet, proposition bet where saying like he had to beat this guy in basketball, tennis, and he had to get to a certain weight loss or he was going to lose like a hundred thousand bucks. And I'm like, fuck, that will work for me. If I have that, you know, that stick, right? They call it carrots and sticks, right? And either you, if you do something well, you get a carrot or if you do something bad, you get a stick, you get beat. I think it's like a donkey analogy. But uh, I knew if I had that stick and I could lose money and an amount of money I couldn't afford to lose, I'd lose the weight because I knew that would kind of get that accountability would work. So I'm like, okay, I'll join that bet. Um, I'm only going to bet 5,000 because that was the amount of money I couldn't afford to lose. But that's, that's what allowed me to lose. I lost the weight in a hundred days. Um, it was certainly helpful that we were kind of like living together and we were buddies. So we were, you know, he was kind of training me and I was maybe like a couple weeks behind on his journey. So I do want to give a lot of credit to like his sort of mentorship and, and pushing. I think that was in, insanely big, but that, you know, he was only around for like the first month the last two months where I lost, you know, the remainder of that 60 pounds, uh, I was on my own and the bet, you know, I had all the motivation from month one and then the, the new habits, uh, the workout habits, the eating habits, the diet, and then it was just kind of cruise control and the weight just kind of flew off. Um, so I'm curious how that, how my journey relates to, what you typically see as best practices, you know, like, so if you're taking, maybe we can do a couple different case studies. Why don't we, if you think that's a good idea, take a guy who's like, you know, maybe how fat I was like 40 or 50 pounds overweight, who is like close to being unfuckable. Right. Cause at that weight, I was pretty close to unfuckable, like by, by any girl who is like relatively cute. Right. Um, and then maybe take a guy who's maybe at my level now, which is I'm in decent shape, but I'm not like excited to take my shirt off versus someone who like you, who you're going to, you know, take off your shirt and people are going to be impressed. <laughs> so I feel like those, maybe those three, th those two case studies might be helpful. Cause I feel like most guys will kind of fall into one of those categories. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> there, there are two good categories as well. Cause they kind of cover everyone. You're either, completely unfit and out of shape and you need mm -hmm. to like make that first leg of the journey or you know the other thing that i see a lot of is people who are pretty fit who've gone to the gym for years but they're missing like that last 20 percent to have the wow factor right, right. so they, they're always like they look pretty good with the t-shirt on but they're like maybe a little bit disappointed when it comes to summer and they don't have the six-pack but they're like fit healthy guys too so i totally and i've been i've been the guy who was underweight and i've been the guy who was like then in shape so i've kind of gone through that journey i haven't gone through like the losing a lot of weight but it's exactly the same process just in reverse and i've done it with tons of clients like th the reality is there's a lot more people overweight than underweight there's actually more people die of obesity than starvation in the world these days which is crazy right wow. but 80 percent of the people who come to me and I would say come to most online coaches, it's for losing body fat. And they're probably in that first demographic, the people who have like maybe 20, 30, 40 pounds to lose. So there's what, a few what things. What do you see as harder? Someone who's really skinny, like you were trying to gain, you know, mass or someone who's fat trying to lose? I think it's really individual, Robbie. Like, and uh, everyone is so individual. 
you know, like right. I, I can, I can give you an example of one of my clients. I won't give you his details, but he's a guy who's been in the gym for, for ages and he works a stressful job and he's trying to grow and get bigger and put on muscle mass, but he works a stressful job. And when he gets stressed, some people stress eat, right? He does the opposite. When he gets stressed, he doesn't have any hunger. He loses his hunger. So for him, it's more difficult to gain weight. Whereas somebody in exactly the same scenario as him may stress eat and they may have the opposite effect of stress. So it, it's really individual. Both can be challenging for sure. And, you know, th- there's even that middle ground in between of maintaining what you've got, which for me personally is actually the most challenging bit because mm. I work really well when I'm like, okay, I'm locked in. I'm doing this. Right. I'm. And then it's like, oh, okay, now I'm going to maintain and I get a little bit sloppy. And then two months later, I'm like, okay, I let myself go a little bit. And that's, that's happened to me numerous times. And like, you know, my version of letting myself go because it's my job, but like other people would say, you haven't let yourself go. What are you talking about? But for me, it was like, I know that I slipped up a little bit, but for the people in question, so most people will want to want to lose weight. And you made a good point earlier about when you put on the body weight and you mentioned that you'd stop golfing and you'd stop walking around as much. And like, that is one of the biggest factors at the moment is just that people are not active enough. Mm-hmm. And we have sedentary jobs. We have laptop based jobs. We have, everything is so convenient. Press of a button. Your Uber is here. Press of a button. Your food is delivered, not even to your building, to your door, right? Your Up door, the elevator yeah. to your door. Um, <laughs> Everything is just at the touch of a button, even in terms of like going and walking and coming home with bags of groceries. For a lot of people, that doesn't exist anymore. It's delivered to your door on time at a certain day. So like the first thing is that we're not moving enough, generally speaking. And the second thing is that we're eating a lot more and that we're not having to go and work for that food. So the two things, and this is really oversimplifying it, but the two things that you know count for anyone, no matter who you are, is you should probably move more and eat less. Okay, and that sounds so basic. And then you get into the intricacies of that. So say the guy, um, the first guy, for example, who's overweight, hasn't been training, hasn't been in the gym. If you come and slam him with like seven days of gym work a week, he's going to last about a week. <laughs> and then then he's going to be like no this is not for me it's it's too much so like the, my process for working with clients like that is really there's there's three areas to look at we look at training how often do you want to train like how often is actually realistic for you to go to the gym and if that's 3 days a week and that's what you would see as a big win awesome let's let's go every second day and have a day rest in between And let's build a program which, you know, you're training all of your body parts. So lifting weights is obviously going to be the most important thing that you can do for building muscle and and building a physique. Um, The second thing is nutrition. So it's like, okay, where are you falling down? And, you know, like you said, the knowledge is there. People know, you know, it's not like you have to look at a, a big triple cheeseburger or an apple and go, which one of these is healthier? People know, but it's like a lot of it is emotional eating or you know just from being overly stressed or it's bad habits or it's just comfort you know it's like 
this guy's got a girlfriend, they chill out on a Saturday night and they don't go out to the bar, so they chill and get takeaway. And then that becomes a habit every Saturday right. night. So like, it's really identifying what are the poor habits? What are the triggers that are making me eat the way that I'm eating? And then trying to deal with those and address them. And the other side of it is actually having some flexibility. Like I, I ate ice cream every day last summer for like 97 days on the bounce and still stayed in shape, which is kind of ridiculous when people hear that. But it's like it was like 10% of my food for the day and the rest of my food was pretty good. And I moved right. a lot and I exercised a lot. So it's finding the kind of balance of like, okay, what do you want? Like, do you want to eat out every Friday night? Because if you do, well, then the rest of the week, you're going to have to eat a little bit less to go out and have your big meal out, your Chipotle on a Friday night, right? Your Chipotle date. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of different things to consider. And then it's just really a case of like building a nutritional plan that works for someone as well. So like you also mentioned, you tried all of the fad diets. The don't eat this, don't eat that. And when you actually lost the weight, did you just eat less of everything? I'm actually interested as to what you did diet wise. Yeah. So I cut all like bread and sugar and also tracked my calories. Um, and it was a really aggressive plan because I had the, the bet and the looming thing. And the idea of trying to do like a longer, more lifestyle sort of, uh, <laughs> like, like, like a long diet that fit my lifestyle that actually felt a lot harder. And I was also in a place where I wasn't really working. I had like Basically, I, I had like a girlfriend, but we were like kind of on the fritz and I was able to focus like 100% on fitness, which most people cannot. Like literally all I was doing every day was like golfing, playing ice hockey, going to the gym, meal prepping and trying to win this bet. And I kind of put my the rest of my life on hold. Like I, my business was, you know, kind of like on the fritz. I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, so then, but by the end of those hundred days, like I was, you know, I had some credit card debt and I had some problems. Um, my relationship ended, which was, uh, you know, that was fine. I think it needed to end anyways. But like, you know, if you look at the three big areas of life, which is your, your health, your wealth, and your relationships, if you focus too much on one and you let the other ones kind of fall out the window, well, you know, you're going to see a big uptick, but you're also going to see some, some breakdowns. And that's kind of what happened to me. So I don't know if my journey was the healthiest or even replicable, replicable for other guys. Um, but that's what I did. And then the maintenance mode after that, that's where I had to kind of tweak everything. Um, and I, and I agree that that can be the more challenging part. Cause it's like, once you hit that goal and you celebrate, it's so easy to just kind of slip back into old habits and gain all the weight back. Like I, I was looking at a stat the other day that said the the participants on that show, the biggest loser, uh, I think from one, one season to a few years later, every single person except for one had either gained the, all the weight back or gained more. <laughs> and only one person out of like the 20 or 30 or whatever they have actually kept the weight off, which is shocking. 
Right. Yeah. And and you know, the other interesting stat that's the same as that, it's the, the lotto winner stat where right. like 10 years later, almost every lotto winner has blown all the money. And it's exactly the same thing. It's they didn't take the time to build the skills that they needed to keep the body weight off. Um, and that's really where it comes down to like the longer term approach. Now, what you did can work and it does work, but only if you have one special ingredient, which is essentially what me and you do for a living, part of what we do. And that's accountability because mm-hmm. you will do it when there's something at stake. You will do it right. when somebody else is going to be on your case saying, why did you not do that? Or when you feel you're going to let somebody else down or when you feel you're going to lose a big chunk of money that you maybe don't have, you're going to do it. You know, right. if, if the if the pain of not doing it is great enough, then you will do it. It's why paid things work and free things don't. Generally right. speaking, free things don't work. You can give all of the information in the world to people, but very few people will actually action it because it's not just the know-how, it's the implementation. And I mean, okay, so the know-how, and you mentioned calories there, and just I'm going to pull it back a little bit in case someone's listening in that doesn't really understand, but calories is essentially just the fuel of the human body. It's the very same as you put gas in your car. If there's no gas in your car, then your car doesn't go. However, if there's no gas in the human body or no calories, you actually have stored calories and that is your body fat. So when your fuel tank is empty, for want of a better kind of phrase, you're going to start utilizing that stored body fat. And any diet that basically What about the people that say, well, but you're also going to use your muscle and then I'm going to become a skinny little twig. Yeah, well, if you do it right, you won't. But if you do it wrong, for sure. So if you think about, and this is a really extreme example, but if you think of a hunger striker, right? That's somebody who stops eating full stop and loses everything. Body fat, muscle tissue, even their bones and stuff start to degenerate over a long enough time period, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at someone who stands on a bodybuilding stage, they could have the same level body fat as somebody in their last week of life on a hunger strike. But mm. they're two completely different people, right? They're, they're, they're completely different. Even though the amount of body fat that they have in relation to the rest of them is, is the same. And the, the way that you preserve your muscle tissue is by lifting weights, heavy weights, like getting strong, because your muscles are only, the human body is adaptable right? It's everything we do is adaptable. You talk to a thousand girls, your body is so used to talking to girls, right? It's you're adapted to being a social creature and talking to girls, right? If you stop doing that, if you don't talk to anyone for 10 years and you come back and you head to Europe, right? And you, you head to London and you try and chat up some chick, how's that going to go? Probably not so well, right? Cause you're going to, you're going to lose the ability to do that. Right. It's exactly the same. The body just wants to keep you alive. And if you are not using your muscles, it's going to say, why are we keeping these around? Why are we expending resources on keeping this here when there is no function? And the body just right. wants to keep you alive on a long enough time frame and reproduce, right? Keep your gene pool alive. So if you're not using your muscle, well, that's just a complete waste of tissue that your body is supporting, feeding, where it could be doing something else, right? 
-hmm. So when you preserve your muscle mass, you need to actually use it. Like that's how you preserve it. You lift weights and you'll see that like bodybuilders. So a lot of bodybuilders, when they get to those low levels of body fat, they actually lose their ability to get an erection Hmm. because their body has justified that, okay, because we lift weights so much, that's our priority. That's even more of a priority than reproduction, right? Which is really, really interesting, right? That's shocking, yeah. Shocking, yeah, yeah. And some guys can take like months to recover from it. And then obviously like the use of steroids and stuff in bodybuilding as well can amplify that. Um, But then they probably get hooked on the little blue pills and (laughs) yeah man it's i mean look i have i have no everyone has their own choices to make and you do what you got to do um it's not personally for me but i i know people who do it and it can be done to an extent safely you know um Mm -hmm. as safe as i guess going out and partying heavy on the weekend like I, i don't think there's a huge difference but at the end of the day you know it comes down to like if i want to maintain my muscle mass i need to lift heavy weights and I need to maintain my strength. And that's where the training comes in. So like if you are the person who's trying to lose body fat and you're training three days a week, it's important that you do the same thing those three days. You know, so on a Monday you do say a full body workout to or Wednesday, full body, Friday, full body, whatever. But then the next Monday you do Monday's workout and you either do another rep or a little bit more weight or at least the same. It's like you have to provide the same stimulus to keep the progress that you have. Um, and then over time, the idea is that as you continue to get stronger, you can actually put on muscle in a dieting phase. It's possible to finish a dieting phase with more muscle than you started. So you're not, it's, it's not like, okay, I'm going to lose my body fat and I'm going to lose all my muscle. If you do it wrong, if you do no weight training and you just walk around, you're basically telling your body, we are a walking machine. We don't need heavy muscle to be a walking machine, right? That's what you see with a lot of those people who try to lose weight by like running marathons and they just yeah. become like these skinny fat Yeah, because <laughs> they look, lose look all their at, muscle. Yeah. Look, look at anyone who's a great runner. Mm-hmm. They're small, they're light, they're skinny, they're pretty lean, but they don't have a lot of muscle mass. Right. You look at somebody who is a bodybuilder, it's the polar opposite, you know, because they've trained for something different. So when it comes down to like body composition and how you look, the training is a huge part of the muscle mass that you keep with calories, right? So as I was saying, that that is your like fuel and mm-hmm. maintenance. All the term maintenance means is that you're maintaining your body weight and you're maintaining like the calorie, the number of calories, the number of energy coming in as, as is going out is the same. It's at maintenance. And if you right. eat at maintenance, and you lift weights, you will like maintain your physique. If you eat a little bit less than you need, you're going to start using up stored body fat. So for anyone now who's like, I want to have a six pack by summer, you need to find a way to get yourself into a calorie deficit where you're consuming less calories than you need. And your body is going to start utilizing your body fat to make up the difference. Now, this is where it's like, okay, now this is the lifestyle thing versus just cutting everything out. What you did worked because you cut out like bread and sugar. For a lot of people, they won't be able to keep that up. And they will do what you've done before where they do it for two weeks and then they bounce back. And then they go through this cycle of stop, start, stop, start, stop, start because they want it fast. They're like, I need to just do it now. Monday I'm starting. But the reality is like 
the amount of time bounced between stop, start, stop, start, if that had just been a consistent six or 12 month period, they would be in a way better place and they'd actually have the habits and the behaviors. Now there is a place to push things. So like I have a client who's just come on board with me and he's done incredibly well with a sustainable approach in the first six weeks. And he's done so well that we're like, okay, let's push it a little bit. Why not? Like Mm -hmm. let's pull it, pull the calories down. Let's see how you get on. We can always pull back up, but he's aware that this is like what we're going to do now is a little bit less sustainable, but it's like, we're doing it for six weeks. We're not doing it forever. And we can kind of move move back up if we need. But there is there is a really important part of just like general walking and stuff as well, because walking itself is not going to waste muscle mass. It's just not giving your body the signal to put on muscle mass. So if you have those kind of three areas where it's like my general activity, how much I move, your ice hockey, your golf, your activity, like one thing that I program with all my clients is an active recovery day. And it's different for every client because they have different interests. So it might be a Mai Tai session or it might be a golf session or it might be a hike with friends. And I encourage people to like tie that activity in with a social kind of thing as well so that they're not shutting themselves off from the world and they can actually do it with their friends and maybe get some other people on board. And then they're getting that social accountability as well as having the accountability of me, you know? So those, those are the three areas. Like those are the three areas to tick. Eat less food than you expend, but also you don't want to eat so much less that you feel shit because what are the two main reasons diets fail? People feel like shit. They feel tired and they're hungry. Yeah. If you feel shit yeah. and you're hungry, how long can you, how <laughs> long can you operate like that? So you need to find the balance where you're eating less than you need, but not excessively less. And I think just if people are like, okay, but what does that mean? Like a really good rate of weight loss is anywhere between, I'm going to try and do this in pounds now because you guys are, I'm going to go metric. You can, you can go Google metric. It. Like, people can like, switch. Yeah. Like two kilos a month, which sounds like mm-hmm. such a small amount. But if you lose two kilos a month for six months, that's 12 kilos. That's considerable. And if it doesn't feel that difficult and you pick up a lot of good habits along the way, then you're in a great place. So like the weighing scale is another one that people have like this terrible relationship with. But if you use it and just use it as a as a, a guide that you're in the right direction and don't beat yourself up when it fluctuates or goes up and down, it can be really, really helpful. Sorry, there's a lot yeah. in there. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I actually want to tell you what my current plan is because I think it pretty much matches what you said. And here, if you, if you think there's any holes in that plan, um, Cause what I was doing probably for the last year and a half was, um, I'd gain a little bit of weight because my tendency when I don't have like a strict sort of maintenance thing is I, I love pasta. I love, you know, desserts and that sort of thing. Like I love salty, savory foods. And then I'll notice I'll like creep up a little bit in weight and then I'll go back on the keto diet. And I'm pretty adept to a keto diet. Like I I can do it. I like it. And what I do like about the keto diet is you can, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a a misnomer or maybe it's because I'm also doing it with intermittent fasting. So I think my cat, my caloric deficit is happening when I'm on keto. Um, but I'm, I'm eating, like I'm, I'm crushing avocados. I'm eating a lot of fat. I think some days my caloric intake might be higher, but I think over the long run, 
even though I'm on keto, I'm, I'm definitely at a deficit. So basically what I was doing was like, eat like shit, do keto for a couple months and just maintain. Right. But now I'm to the point where I've just been on keto for like three months and I feel like I've hit a plateau and I'm also getting sick of keto. Um, and I recently, someone in the group actually posted a cool video and, um, it was essentially similar to what you were saying, which is like, let's do something that isn't going to radically change your lifestyle. Right. Cause like I need to, I, I need to be social. Right. I like go out with friends and have a few drinks. Like being on keto sucks because like you can't even really like go out to restaurants cause everything is like, so, you know, hardcore. Um, especially if you're dating, if you're single and you're going on dates with girls and you can't drink or you can't do like normal social processes, like, I don't expect any of my clients to follow that. Like I can do it cause I'm married. Right. But like <laughs> it needs to be something that's a lot more lifestyle friendly. So what I've been, what I've been doing is, uh, I think, you know, I've got a, a calorie counter. I've, I put in my tracker that I want to lose, I want to get to like 170 pounds. So that's lose 10 pounds. Um, and it's got me on like a losing one pound a week sort of deal or like that, that's the equivalent of two kilos per month. Um, I think my mate, my maintenance caloric, like is between 2,500 and a 3000 calories. So right now I'm at like 1900 and I can eat whatever the fuck I want. Like, you know, I'm trying to stay away from processed garbage foods and I, you know, my wife and I cook all the time. So that's relatively easy to do. But what I really like about this is it's very easy. Like I don't have to really limit what I'm doing. I don't have to do hardcore keto and I can simply just make sure I, you know, track my food when I get to the, you know, the caloric allotment, I'm done for the day. Um, so that's my plan. Uh, also, I'm trying to, you know, add in weightlifting, which is a habit that I've had for, you know, on and off in the past. Like I haven't lifted weights probably in the last like two or three months consistently. Um, I've, I've been golfing and kind of just doing that, but I, I agree. I need to kind of add that in to keep muscle mass. So do you see any holes in that strategy? Does that sound like a pretty good? That sounds good. Yeah, man, for sure. And like, so when you go on the internet, there's so much tribalism these days, like everywhere, but especially in the nutritional world, like there's the keto camp, there's the vegan mm -hmm. camp, there's the carnivore camp. And honestly, like I'm not in any corner. Any of them can work for the, the right person. Keto absolutely works for a lot of people. But f I would say for the vast majority, it's not really a feasible option for the reasons you mentioned. Like, especially if you're a guy who's going out dating, socializing, like it's kind of hard to live on avocados and like th those types of foods and not be able to have a drink or not be able to go out and have pizza or, you know, th these kind of like social norms that we like to do. So right. I'm absolutely not against any diet, but just for me personally, I wouldn't be able to do a keto diet. I wouldn't be mm -hmm. able to do a vegan diet. Um, and I wouldn't be happy doing them personally. Yeah. And that's the good news. You don't need to tie yourself to a camp. And what you've described there is exactly what I would recommend. So like if you're about 500 calories under what you need, say your maintenance is around two and a half thousand and you're at 1900. So that's like 600. That that's fine. You know, if you're about 500 under what you need, that should, 
I mean, give or take, everyone's a little bit different, but they say that a pound of fat is 3,500 calories, right? So that would equate to a pound of fat a week because that's Mm -hmm. 500 calories a day. You're probably a little bit above that if you're 600. But if you can do that consistently and you feel good, and like that's one of the things I check in with my clients on each week. It's like, of course, we check pictures and we check like body weight, but we also check rate your hunger out of 10. Mm. And if you were, you know, one being starving, 10 being really satiated, if you're like consistently a two and a three, you need to get more food in because you're not going to be able to be hungry for 12 weeks. You might be able to be hungry for two weeks, but not for 12. If you're really shot with energy and you're trying to pull calories down, it's like you can't keep burning the candle at both ends. So it's kind of finding the spot. And if you tick off three weeks of 1900 calories and you feel good and your body weight is coming down and you still have that flexibility, then that's absolutely perfect, you know? And like what you can do as well. So there's loads of strategies as well. And I know guys who are listening to this podcast might be thinking about, I want to get in shape, but I'm also going out on dates. I'm also meeting girls. I'm also like trying to build my social like social circle, my social life, my social skills. Like it's hard to do that without food and drink, right? It's a big part of how we socialize. So really, really easy example here is like, say, say somebody who, and and most guys, most guys, you know, if they're walking 10,000 steps a day, gymming a few times a week, there's very few guys who need to eat less than two and a half thousand calories to kind of maintain their body weight. You know, like most guys, are going to be able to eat that amount of food. So if you're eating like say 500 calories less than that on average a day, that doesn't mean that you actually have to eat that number of calories each day. It doesn't mean that you have to eat say 2000 every day. And you alluded to this already with the keto diet when you were losing weight, you were overeating some days, but the majority of the days you weren't. So even the days where the calories were high, it's like, if I spend too much money two days out of the week, but I make more money in the other five, if I if I finish the week in the green, it's all good. And like right. it's it's the same with your with your fat loss, you know. So if you're someone who goes out on a date, say every every Thursday and every Sunday, right? Good good dating days that are not clashing with uh, weekend plans on Fridays and Saturdays. So if you're a guy right. who goes on a date every Thursday and every Sunday, and you maybe go out and have some food and two or three drinks or, or whatever you do. You can simply just account for those as being higher days. So say your, your target is 2,000 calories per day, seven days of the week. That's 14,000 over the course of the week. So instead, you can just count in Thursday and Sunday as 3,000 calorie days. Hmm. So they're higher calorie days. And then the remainder, I'm not going to do the maths because I'm going to butcher it. Or the math, the maths, you guys call it, you guys call it the maths, the math, don't you? Math. Math. Yeah. We call it maths. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if you take, okay, so we got 3,000 calories on Thursday. We got 3,000 calories on Sunday. That's 6,000 total, which means the other five days, we've got 8,000 to play with, Right. And you divide that in and, you know, you find what's right. Maybe, maybe you have an extra 500 on Thursday and an extra 500 on, on Sunday. And then that, that's easy math, actually, because then there's a thousand that you have to make up. So you take 200 off the other five days. It's, it's essentially well, your, a budget. Right. Well, well I'm, I'm curious, what's your take on intermittent fasting? And my experience with it 
is I have an app that tracks it. Um, it's very gamified, which is, you know, like the, the app will make you feel like you're doing something hard and you get rewarded for it. Like, cause it's tracking, you know, the, the 24 hour clock and you see like get this fasting window going. And also, I mean, this is maybe bullshit, maybe not, but there's some, there's some studies that show that like, by between our, like, 12 to 16 and 16 to 20 of a fast you're like burning nothing but body fat right and then those those feelings of hunger it's like you you kind of feel like oh that's my body eating the fat um so i when i lost you know i lost a little bit of weight uh, about a year and a half ago when i first started dating maria we were spending the winter in mexico um, and it was just us, like we didn't really have a whole lot of social plans and it was a great place to kind of do a combination of keto plus intermittent fasting. Plus I made a bet with her where if I didn't lose the weight, I owed her, uh, like 3000, 5,000 bucks. So ended up losing, oh, nice. yeah, I ended up losing nine kilos, um, doing keto plus intermittent fasting plus the bet, right. The accountability, all those three. And I lost the weight within like two and a half months. Um, you know, just crushing Mexican food, but not eating the tortillas, of course. Um, and I, I think what allowed me to be in that caloric deficit was the intermittent fasting. And it was that like kind of gamified process of it that I liked. And also I knew that if I indulged, you know, on those other days and we like went out and partied, I could just fast for like, have you know, two hardcore fasting days on like Monday or Tuesday, you know, where I only ate in like a four hour window. So I found that to be suitable for my lifestyle and I kind of like adapted it to that. So any, any problems with that approach? Do you like that approach? I personally really like that approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to do 16, eight because it mm -hmm. just suited me. So 16 hour window and I would eat between like, de depending, depending on, I've done it a few different times, but maybe between 2 PM and 10 PM at night. So Basically, what that would look like would be I would just wake up in the morning and I just have a couple of coffees throughout the first few hours of the day, get my work done. I found it was really good for productivity because um, you just kind of do get the, straight into Do the into coffees work. have to be only black coffee? Like I heard if you if you eat anything, then it like fucks up the fast. So like would you so, take like a cappuccino with a little bit of milk or would you just go straight black coffee? Yeah, so I've done both. And okay. really, so, so what's actually happening with intermittent fasting and why it works well isn't really the fact that you're fasted. It's more so the fact that you're not eating, right. which I know sounds like it's the same thing, right? But it's more so if your eating window was 12 hours, the likelihood of you eating more is like three times higher than if your eating window is four hours. And like the other thing is when you're... When you're fasted for 16 hours, you're hungry, but your stomach hasn't been used. So you can't really come and hammer it with like a full day's worth of calories. And it kind of means that when you do eat, you're satisfied a little bit faster. So I've always, I, and I used to think that, oh, like fasting is so good for gut health and this. And like there is studies that all prove that, but it's like on more extended fasts, it's like, 30 hours, 36 hours, where you're like completely emptying your system of everything. Right. And it's just like water and stuff. So what I would say is that like, you're not going to do any damage to your fast by having a cup of coffee, um, you know, with a bit of milk or whatever, or like even a cappuccino. But, you know, maybe then you, you're like, oh, but I taste the milk and I want food. And maybe like mentally it will derail you a little bit. But 
in terms of like why it works so well, and and a lot of entrepreneurs are big proponents of intermittent fasting, and it's not well, surprising. Dude, sorry to cut you off. Just to add in, I'm I'm right now at hour fifteen of a fast. Like I stopped eating at six thirty, um, you know, last night, and now it's nine thirty a.m. So maybe my math is wrong, but maybe maybe I'm at sixteen hours. Um, or no, fifteen, right? Nine plus twelve. That's what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what I'm at. Um, so no, I'm at, yeah, I'm at 15 hours. Three, three plus 12 is 15. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I feel good. I had a cup of coffee, you know, when I woke up and walked mm-hmm. the dogs. And I always feel like around between like the 14 to 18 hour mark of a fast, I have a lot of mental energy. Like I feel sharp, I yeah. feel focused. And even if I go and work out during like the end of a fast, I feel like I'm, I can actually lift more. I even tracked it when I was doing that, you know, the diet I mentioned in Mexico, I could lift more weight towards the end of a fasting window than after like, you know, a normal eating period, which I found really shocking. Yeah. And, and that's interesting, man. And, and this is the other thing. I have some clients who fast and who skip breakfast. And I have some clients who would disown me as a coach if I asked them to skip breakfast. So again, <laughs> right? it, comes to, it comes to finding what works for the individual. Now, I am also a big believer that if those clients gave it a go and actually lasted long enough that they would adapt. Because I bet for you, the first time you ever did like a long fast, it was like pretty weird and torturous. And now it's just normal. Now right. you're... You're used to it. It works well. It suits you. And for me, it always suited me because it was like a double barrel thing. It was like, well, I don't even have to worry about breakfast. I don't have to worry about food. I can wake up and I can get straight into my laptop. And what you mentioned there, that like focus or being like tuned in is that's your body going, hey, dude, we're starving. Biologically, we need to eat, right? This is your biology telling you, we need to eat and you're on the alert because your body notices that there's something wrong, but you mm. can like, your body doesn't know that you're doing a fast. It just knows that you haven't eaten in 16 hours and it's going, dude, if this, if this, if this happens for another 10 days, you're gone. Um, right. you know, maybe not 10 <laughs> days. So like all that stuff is so hardwired that you're actually on the alert because your body thinks you should be out hunting for food, but you can then channel that into going to the gym or channel that into your work or channel that into, you know, whatever it is that's important. So like it really, it comes down to context. Like what I wouldn't do is prescribe intermittent fasting to somebody who's like struggling with say emotional eating or like binge eating, because it can reinforce that restrict, 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 binge eat, restrict, restrict, restrict. So like there's caveats to all these things. And it's like, is this the right strategy for the person? For Robbie, this sounds like an awesome strategy. For me, the same, you know, I'm like, I can happily get stuck into a couple of cups of coffee and, and work and just forget about it, you know, really. And mm-hmm. then, you know, have that little mental challenge of, okay, kick another hour or two out here, go for a walk, take my mind off it. Whereas for other people, they would really be in their head about it. And it would maybe reinforce that they would be binging, you know, they might like fast for four days and then like sit in their house and eat everything for like three days. So it's like being careful with how you use those powerful strategies. But I do think it's a powerful strategy. I'm a fan. Cool. 
I appreciate the uh, confirmation there. Makes me feel good. Um, what about for the guy who was kind of more in your boat? Like, let's say you're a little bit underweight. You're a bit embarrassed to take your shirt off because you feel like a, like you're just too skinny, right? Summer's also coming for you. Um, and you you obviously need to put on muscle. So what's the process there? Would you recommend kind of the flip side of what I'm talking about where you you're going a little bit above your caloric sort of maintenance plus adding in um, like a very specific sort of uh, gym weightlifting component? For sure, yeah. But there's a slight difference. In fat loss, the priority is the nutrition because you can like, you can vary, like no one's going to complain if they lose fat too fast, right? Right. If they lose body weight and fat too fast, who's going to, who's going to be upset about that? But on the flip side, if you're trying to gain muscle mass, what you don't want to do is just eat everything around you and get fat. Cause that can happen quite easily. And that's also a trap I've fallen into where it's like mm-hmm. bulking season, bro. Right. You've, you've definitely right. got a bulking season <laughs> meme somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like gaining season or bulking season. Right. And, See dudes like smashing big two liter drums of full fat milk and pizzas. I'm bulking, bro. Right. But what happens is is you just get fat. And after two months or three months, you call off the bulk and you start like cutting the body fat again because you feel shit about yourself. You feel sluggish. You put on a lot of fat. So you do want to be in a slight surplus or like have slightly more calories coming in. Again, probably like 500 more than you need. But, you know, you could even be like 300 more than you need. So if you can kind of figure out, well, look, I've been eating two and a half thousand calories for the last week or two. My body weight hasn't moved. I can pretty confidently say that that's my maintenance. I'm going to add like three or 400 per day on top of that. And then make sure that you're lifting weights properly, because that's the only lifting weights properly and working your muscles is the only way to give your body the signal to put on muscle. Like you can eat perfectly, but if you don't lift weights and it's not just moving the weights from A to B, um, if people are like, well, how, how do I lift weights properly? Some words that you can Google are tempo, control, contraction. If you Google those three words, tempo, control, contraction, and then just put weightlifting after them, that will explain like some of the basics. It's basically the speed that you're actually moving the bar at you know you're not just firing it out and using momentum and you see dudes with like 40 pound dumbbells swinging their hips and it looks like they're kind of like trying to have it's kind of like i don't know it's like some sort of weird standing sexual maneuver that they're doing as they curl the biceps up right like the the chicken dance it's like dude how much are you actually working your arms and how much are you working your ego right whereas dropping the the weight down and taking the 10 pound dumbbells and doing them super, super slowly so that your arms are burning, it's going to get you a much better result. So that's the thing. Focus on your training. I had a, uh, I had a, a, a guy come on who gave some advice on the podcast many, many episodes ago, which stuck with me. And he was like, if you can do one thing in the gym or two things he said, squeeze the bar as hard as you can with whatever you're doing, like the dumbbell or the bar, Go fast on the way up and really slow on the way down. If you, if you, yeah. if you don't fuck that up, he's like, mostly you'll be okay. Would you agree with yeah. that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's because, so let's take the bench press, for example, because we've all been on the bench press. Every dude in the world who's walked into a gym, it's probably just gone, ah, oh, the bench press. I know how that's supposed <laughs> to kind of look. But when you press the bar up, right, and you're lying on your back, and if someone's listening in, I'm showing Robbie that I'm lying on my back with my arms straight and, and the bar is out in front of me. If I just drop the weight down to my chest, I'm doing zero work. Gravity is bringing that weight down anyway. Whereas what your buddy said who was on the podcast is if you go super slow and you've got 60 pounds on the bar or whatever, 100 pounds or whatever the weight is, and you're going three, two, one, I use a three-second count. He said super slow. I use a three-second count. That's my thing to my clients. Mm -hmm. Resist gravity by three seconds every opportunity you can when you're lifting weights. So with a bicep curl, it's as you're lowering the weight back down. And the reason for that is you can you can load your muscles a lot better on an eccentric. So imagine when you, um, you know, if you're like holding yourself up in a chin-up bar and you've got your chin over, you can lower yourself down, but you mightn't be able to pull yourself up. But if you think about it, that's actually the same movement, right? Right. So why, why can you only do it one way? Because we can handle more weight eccentrically. So... If you just let gravity take that weight down, you've lost out on like 75% of the work the muscle could have done. You curl it up and you go all the way back down, up. And then then you see people doing it, they take it even one step further where they curl the, the weight up and then they let it fly down and back and build a bit of momentum and then swing it back up. So they're basically <laughs> just swinging it around. And then they leave the gym so in a funny. pool of sweat and they're like, damn bro, what a workout. And it's like, Dude, like you got your heart rate up. You basically did like a standing dumbbell cardio workout. Dude, you know? my dad like, does that. It's so funny. He's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's extremely well, um, what's the word? Like he, he's, he's very committed and he's, he's got a lot of, um, what the fuck's the word when, when, uh, perseverance or like he'll go to the gym like four or five days a week. Um, and he fasts every morning, but like when he's in the gym, he's doing exactly what he described. He's like, he's doing this, like when he's, when he's doing, uh, you know, w- what would you call this? Like a shoulder, shoulder press. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he, he's literally just going like this. I'm like, dad, you're getting like no benefit. You're getting a cardio workout. Right. And he's doing that a lot, but, um, I always have to remind him. So, <laughs> yeah and look it's it's you you can't you can't know until someone has told you you know what i mean and like especially the problem is when you go into a gym and you don't know anything you look around and you go well i'm going to look at the guys who are in good shape and i'm going to do what they do but unfortunately and you will know this genetics you know some dude can go in and literally touch a dumbbell and start to grow muscles like and other dudes walk in there and train for five years and they look the same. You know, there is there is a genetic component. Everyone can get better, but like, okay, you look at some of the guys in the NBA, like no matter how hard me and you train, we're never going to look like one of those dudes. Like no. you look at, you look at like people in them, like Arnie, right? Everyone knows Arnie. Like no matter how hard me and you train and how much juice we smash, because he, trust me, he did that too. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, we're never going to get there because we're just genetically not like him, but we can all get better. But what happens is the people who are genetically gifted never have to figure this stuff out because they just touch a dumbbell and they grow anyway. So they can go in and do the chicken dance and do everything else. And 
you know you go in and you see them you're like ah okay that dude is huge he's jacked he looks like he knows what he's doing and then you start chicken dancing and then some other dude comes in and sees you doing it and sees him doing it and goes ah chicken dance that must be the the secret gains so (laughs) it's a funny one I like what you're saying because I think the biggest sort of takeaway at least on my side and you've really helped me kind of understand and piece together some of these thoughts uh, is that like if you're doing most of the stuff right you're going to succeed right there's a sliding bar between like accountability and how hardcore you want to be like if you want to be really hardcore you're going to need a shitload of accountability but if you're going to be like a long, slow lifestyle, easy process, then you might not need as much accountability. Um, and I've always been like such a hardcore accountability guy because that's really what worked for me, but I never tried sort of the strategy I'm trying now, which is just, you know, do what you're saying to do and lose weight over a very like sustainable period of time. Um, and I, and I, and I love that cause it, you know, coincides with like, it just, it just makes sense. Cause I was, I think I was too hardcore about it. Um, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to one of the guys in the group. I won't use his name to embarrass him, but he, you know, we put him on some hardcore accountability and this was his before and after, um, you know, we put him on a bet Yeah, and I think he lost, I don't know how, how many kilos you think, or how many pounds this, this looks about 40 or definitely dude. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to tell from a photograph, but yeah, that's a, that's a very, very impressive transformation. I think I know who that is too. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, good for him. You know, um, the accountability definitely works and yeah, I mean, what would you say? Like, so for someone who's listening to this, who, who maybe wants some accountability, wants some coaching, um, you know, well, anything you can offer them, obviously they can, you know, they can join the IC community. We're, we're both in there. We can help you out. But for guys who are also maybe looking for like more support or, you know, your program, where can guys find that and learn more about it? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, look, anyone, um, anyone who wants to reach out firstly, and just like ask some questions and, you know, further understand that's the first thing that I do with anyone is, is actually just understand where they're currently at and where they want to go. And actually, if I'm the right person to help them, because being the right person to help them and having the right approach is super, super important, you know, because sometimes someone can come and they're like, look, dude, I want to do this. I want to smash trend and I want to like eat nothing but broccoli and chicken for the next X amount. I'm like, dude, I'm not your guy. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first thing in terms of like where I can be found. If you, I'm going to have to spell my name, dude, cause you know how it is. No one can spell my name, but if you I'll stick just share my Google, screen, yeah, if, I'll, if you I'll stick my, my name, Google, you're going to uh-huh. see me. It's own Dobbin cattle, E O I N Irish spelling of own, um, Dobbin D O B B I N cattle C A T T O. There you go. Beautiful stuff. Um, if anyone's listening on Spotify, they can get it there too. But yeah, you're going to see me all over Google anyway. And Instagram is probably the first thing that comes up. So you can contact me there. Um, and there's a few like YouTubes and podcasts and all sorts of stuff like that. So feel free to jump on there and check it out. I actually have a training as well for anyone who is anyone who's like in that bracket of high earner, entrepreneur, someone who's like looking to build routines, optimize energy levels and get into peak physical shape. 
there is a specific training for that. That can be helpful for everyone, but particularly for people in that group. Um, and I will have that linked in the link in my Instagram bio. So you can go in there and check out it's a free training. Um, that might this be is your, this well. is your health and fitness, um, page, right? Yeah. That's the other page. I think you have the other one too. Oh, okay. I felt like an asshole cause I was like, wait, I'm following you, <laughs> but this is, this is your other one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I, I, I've, I've had multiple Instagram pages over, over the years. So there's always like, there's, there's another one that I'm locked out of. Um, I won't say the name cause it'll just cause confusion, but it's another fitness based one, but uh, I managed to get myself locked out of it. So yeah. Shit. Well, sorry for cutting you off there. What, what, what were you saying? Uh, nothing majorly important. <laughs> you're, you're telling um, Oh you're yeah, you're talking there's, about your program. Mm-hmm. There's there's a free training there. In terms of the program, there's a few different programs that I offer, and I really cater to the person in question. So anyone who has any questions, just shoot me a message, reach out. Obviously, if it's anyone within the IC community, you have the direct line to me there anyway. So feel free to reach out, and we might do some things together, like we mentioned, Robbie. So yeah, there's there is that free training on just optimizing energy levels, getting into peak physical shape, building routines for. You know, people who want to earn more money, take back time for themselves, but also live a kind of more balanced life in the process. Um, there's a free training via the link in my Instagram. So you can kind of go and, and check that out as well. Yeah. And for anyone listening, though, that'll all be in the show notes as well. For sure. I don't want to put people through the hardship of trying to spell my name. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> enough to pronounce. When you see it, you can't even say it because it's like, what? You what? <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, I honestly I'm so surprised when somebody so here's a really funny one I actually made friends with uh, two Argentinian guys the, the other day who own a restaurant in this city in uh, Barcelona or close to Barcelona and they're really cool guys and they just they immediately got my name perfect two Argentinian really? dudes yeah wow yeah because they're in they're into rugby and there's a famous rugby player called Owen something and they're they're actually like ex-pro rugby players um, so they immediately, when I said the name, they were like, oh yeah, that, I was like, how, how, how does that make sense to you? I'm like, why are you not confused? <laughs> but, that must yeah, have been a breath, of, a breath of fresh air for you. Finally, it's like, finally someone didn't butcher it. So For sure. Well, dude, it's been so great having you on and I appreciate all the amazing wisdom you've shared. So looking forward awesome. to more... Uh, you know, to more topics or or more discussions like this within, within the community and doing like those weekly, weekly check-ins or whatever we're going to kick off in there. Yeah, man, for sure. Definitely. I think uh, there's so much, can I also say there's so much value in your community, like just in terms of like the accountability, but on, on various levels, I don't know how much you actually talk about and put out there, but just on, on the different calls and the different elements of life, the areas and people with differing expertise and stuff like there's insane value in that community. So if I can, if I can bring a little bit more, that's uh, that, that would be brilliant. Thanks, man. No, I, I appreciate that feedback. And really the, the value is from, from, from guys like you, you know, guys like uh, Amir, who is like an amazing, you were on the career confidence call yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of really awesome dudes with a lot of valuable expertise and everyone's just sharing you know, their, their, their value and we're all benefiting from it. So I'm, uh, I'm just trying to get the right guys in there all the time. So, you know, it's awesome to have you. You've been such a, you know, amazing contributor. We've only been in there for, you know, a couple weeks, less, less than two weeks. So <laughs> I'm excited yeah, to see dude, uh, where this goes. 
I'm glad I haven't been kicked out yet. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you're new to the show and digging our content, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you listen or watch. But if you're not really digging it, go ahead, just don't leave us any review at all. That'd be great. If you're feeling a little bit stuck or you just want to optimize and step up your game, we've opened up a few spots in our Inner Confidence community. We're accepting applications if you want to join our select group of men and experience a radical power of accountability, cross everything off your sexual bucket list, and just become a beast who gets more stuff done. To learn more and apply, go to start.innerconfidence.com. 